0: Have you ever done something wrong and gotten away with it? Let me ask you this. Have you ever done something wrong and thought you got away with it as far as God was concerned? Those who don't grasp the justice of God think they can get away with their sins. They see no reason to repent. We can rejoice in God's mercy and grace, but we should never ignore or downplay His justice. This is the lesson of Ezekiel chapters 15 through 17. Here's Stephen.
1: I can still remember that afternoon my father came home with a most unusual gift a boat had docked there in Norfolk, Virginia, where my parents served as missionaries to the military. And my father had been given a stalk of bananas from one of those boats that had docked there. I'd never seen anything like it. It was probably three to four feet tall. He brought it inside and hung it downstairs in the basement of our home where it was cool. And he told me, along with my brothers, to leave it alone uh, and not eat any of the bananas. Well, One of my childhood friends, another missionary kid, happened to be over that afternoon, and I showed him that stalk hanging from a pole my father had rigged up there in the basement. We decided it'd be okay to eat at least one of them. Well, we did, and then we thought we might have another, and then another. Well, what to do with the banana peels now so we wouldn't be caught— Well, we dropped them down behind that old piano there in the basement where I spent many hours practicing. I knew that piano wouldn't be moved and no one would ever know. Well, many years later, when my parents moved, they were puzzled uh, to discover all of these old, dried-up banana peels there behind the piano. Well, by then, I was grown and and married. I immediately remembered and told them what had happened— Well, my mother remembered something, too. Uh, She said to me, Well, you know, that explains it. I've always wondered why that night after supper, even though you loved banana pudding, you didn't want any dessert, not even one bite. Well, let me tell you, sin has a way of finally being exposed. In fact, the Bible says you can be sure your sin will find you out, Numbers 32, verse 23. The people of Israel were a privileged people. God had provided for them fruit, as it were, a very fruitful land, along with the blessings of his presence and and his protection. But all of their privileges didn't mean they could sin without being held accountable. In fact, one author put it this way, privilege brings responsibility and responsibility brings accountability. Well, now, here in Ezekiel chapters 15 to 17, the Lord is going to hammer home the truth that they're accountable. Jerusalem's going to fall. The people of Judah will go into exile. Uh, The hope that all those exiles in Babylon have in Jerusalem not, not being destroyed, well, those hopes are going to be dashed. The banana peels, so to speak, have been discovered. God makes this point by giving the prophet Ezekiel three parables to preach to these exiles. First, this is what we'll call the parable of the worthless vine. This is found here in chapter 15, and it erases any thought that the Lord is going to withhold judgment on Judah and Jerusalem just because, well, they're his people. Here in verse 2, the Lord asks this question, How does the wood of the vine surpass any wood? the vine branch that is among the trees of the forest? Well, the answer is obvious. It doesn't. A vine isn't nearly as valuable as other wood. You can't you can't build furniture. You can't build a house with little spindly vines. A vine is good only for producing fruit. And a vine that's not producing fruit is frankly used for fueling the fire, Well, so far, the people still living in Judah have escaped the fire, so to speak, twice when the Babylonians came and took a number of captives back in 605 B.C., and then when they came back again in 597 B.C. But they're not going to escape the Babylonians' third invasion. Uh, This is when uh, Jerusalem and the temple will indeed be burned to the ground see, the people haven't produced spiritual fruit. So the Lord says here uh, to them in verse 7, The fire shall yet consume them, and I will make the land desolate, because they have acted faithlessly. In other words, he's going to burn up the vine. Now, if anybody's thinking this is a little harsh from God, well, the extent of their sin is described in the parable now of an unfaithful wife this is chapter 16 here the lord pictures jerusalem that is the people of the city uh, as a woman she started out as a as an unwanted baby girl in this analogy god rescues uh, the girl he cares for her he raises her verses 3 through 7 and now here in verse 8 he says when i passed by you again and saw you behold You were at the age for love, and I spread the corner of my garment over you. I made my vow to you. I entered into a covenant with you, and you became mine. Well, this is a picture of the marriage covenant. God is like a husband, and the Jewish nation his bride. But now there's a sudden shift at verse 15 where we read these sad words. But you trusted in your beauty, And you played the whore because of your renown. In other words, she turned her back on the Lord and she went after other gods like some unfaithful wife will go after other men. She built pagan shrines to other gods, verse 16 tells us. She uh, she made idols and presented offerings to them, verses 17 through 19. She even sacrificed children to these false gods here in verses 20 to 21. Furthermore, she seeks protection now from other nations instead of seeking protection from her husband, as it were, God himself, verses 26 through 30. Now, All this describes what actually happened through the centuries. Despite the appeals of of God's true prophets, Jerusalem falls deeper and deeper into unfaithfulness and idolatry. And he, he delivers now this stinging rebuke here in verse 52 that Jerusalem's spiritual unfaithfulness made the sexual immorality of Samaria and Sodom look righteous, if you can imagine that. That's like somebody saying to you, you know, your life is so wicked, you make Adolf Hitler look good. That's a shocking condemnation of Jerusalem's spiritual unfaithfulness and sexual immorality. Now, as bad as it was and as sinful as they were, here you have in the final verses of this chapter a promise of future restoration. Now, this promise is going to look far into the future all the way into the millennial kingdom of Christ when the repentant nation of Jerusalem will be restored and the Lord establishes here, we're told, an everlasting covenant with his people according to verse 60. Now, for the present day, however, Ezekiel goes back to his parables of God's Uh, imminent judgment upon Jerusalem, and now he delivers a third parable here in chapter 17. This is what we could call the parable of the two eagles. Now, in this parable given to Ezekiel, a great eagle removes the top of a cedar tree, takes it to a, a thriving city, and plants it there. The eagle then takes some seed and plants it in a place where it grows into a healthy vine. Now, at this point, Another eagle appears and it is drawn to the vine which wants to be watered by this second eagle. Now, this parable is called here in verse 2 a riddle, and it certainly is hard to understand without some kind of explanation. And fortunately, God explains it beginning here in verse 11. The first eagle is the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. The treetop is Judah's king, Jehoiachin, who is removed and taken. To Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar replaces Jehoiachin as Judah's king with Zedekiah. Now, he allows Zedekiah and the remaining people in Judah to survive, so long as, as they pay tribute to Babylon. Now, the second eagle here represents Egypt, and that's uh, the nation Zedekiah appeals to for help in rebelling against Babylon. Now, as Ezekiel is writing this, Zedekiah hasn't rebelled yet but he will. In fact, the Lord declares what will happen here in verse 16. In Babylon, he, that is Zedekiah, shall die. Pharaoh with his mighty army will not help him in war. He adds here in verse 21, his troops shall fall by the sword and the survivors shall be scattered to every wind. Now, beloved, even after delivering this tragic prophecy of judgment, which is coming soon on Judah, there is a message of future hope. Verse 22 says, Thus says the Lord God, I myself will take a sprig from the lofty top of the cedar and will set it out. I will break off from the topmost of its young twigs, a tender one, and I myself will plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain height of Israel will I plant it, that it may bear branches and produce fruit and become a noble cedar. Well, this promise refers to the day when Jesus Christ, the Messiah, returns to rule over all the earth. Well, we're out of time uh, for today, or just about, but let let me just add that these chapters here in Ezekiel are warning us to this day not to sin against God's word. His word always comes true. Now, it might look like those banana peels of sin aren't going to be discovered, but they will. Best thing to do is confess your sins to Christ, your coming King, and live for him today. Well, until next time, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
0: That was a much-needed reminder today from Ezekiel 15-17. through You're listening to The Wisdom Journey with Stephen Davey. Stephen called this lesson, Powerful Parables. When Stephen records these lessons, that's captured on video and posted each day to our YouTube channel. If you'd like to watch those, subscribe to the Wisdom International YouTube channel. Please join us next time as we continue the wisdom journey.